0: okay guys it goes without saying that at the moment around the world things are pretty tricky in terms of the coronavirus and we're all aware that sports for the most part have been stopped altogether so there's a lot of coaches out there with athletes who are housebound who are no longer training no longer able to get into team training or any sort of physical conditioning. So what we've decided to do is to make our fundamentals programs completely free and accessible uh, via our Facebook page. So these are programs that are split up to four levels of six weeks each, entirely bodyweight-based with minimal to no equipment, completely easy to do at home with all sets, reps, progressions, videos and instructions planned out for you. So if that would solve a problem for you and your athletes, then head over to our Facebook page, You can see the video links to the YouTube channel as well as get the PDF if you comment on the stream or email us directly, then we're more than happy to give that to you. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Paul Kilgannon. Paul is a coach developer and creator of the Carver Framework. He helps people build their coaching world. He consults with sporting organizations and clubs as well as corporate entities in relation to creating learning and performance environments. So welcome to the podcast, Paul.
1: Thank you, Rob. I'm very happy to be here with you so
0: for those who haven't come across you before can you give us a bit of a an overview of your own kind of journey into uh into sport both from a coaching and then uh also from a i guess a performance background
1: yeah well i i always say i'm just like everybody else i'm a very ordinary coach and i I started coaching um, and i think when we say ordinary coach we kind of uh you know it's uh it's a strange way of explaining it because the potential for coaching is huge, but, um, I'm just like, I'm sure most of your listeners just have a passion for coaching. Started, uh, started very, very young, probably started about 17, 18. And, um, you know, had a tough, uh, tough journey to, uh, um, uh, in my, to build my coaching world, which is a phrase I use and, uh, went all the way up, went all the way down age group wise and, and standard wise. And, um, that's kind of been it. Like it's been probably been driven by a thirst to, to know more and, and to get better at it. And that's probably been driven too by, I suppose, a love of, of my club where, where I was, uh, where I played and uh, you know, uh, my people that played there and just um, trying to make my locality and my area better. And then that kind of drive, I suppose, or that hunger and that dedication to it's kind of brought me in a lot of different areas as I kind of, uh, built my own coaching world, and then by proxy, I suppose, started helping people build their coaching world, and then, you know, everything, one thing leads to another, and uh, you just find yourself in different scenarios, in different situations, and that's really been my journey. Uh, currently, I'm with uh, our under-16 and under-15 hurling team in my club, and I suppose my journey has probably led me there, that's where I 14, 15, 16, that's where I f- uh, feel is, is a great place for me at the minute. Uh, at 13, 14, 15, and I, I'm enjoying it. Um have done a good bit of adult stuff uh, and would have found that tough. I did probably eight years at adult across two sports, and uh, I find it a, a heavy burden and a heavy load. But um, you know, and sometimes the change that you can make can be limited enough because you're coming across. Uh, ad- adapted situations adapted teams adapted and uh, players and you're, you're trying to change your, uh, that adaptation and, and, and them cultures and them behaviours and I suppose that's where I see the the, uh, the potential for coaching in youth development uh, to some degree you have a you know I suppose if you're believable and trustworthy and knowledgeable and everything else uh, as a coach you have that uh, ability to influence and uh, at a critical time and um, yeah that's my random usings on my journey
0: mm. so you mentioned obviously hurling being your your primary sport so what was your secondary sport that you were coaching
1: yeah oh, there's two sports there's there's hurling uh which is our national we have gaa and gaelic football is the other one so i coached that i hadn't i didn't really play it our coaches at any level only uh, i started at adult as a bit of a, a project um challenge adult senior um football and I did that for three years I managed and coached a, a local team actually and um, you know that was a huge challenge for me to get to know a game And uh, but many of the principles really um, of coaching transcend and cross all all, um, all sports but I suppose I'd never go as far to say that you know you don't really need to know the sport intimately to coach it at a really high level and uh, that detail of knowing the sport is definitely sometimes people kind of whitewash that or, or they, they, they make it flowery, you you know, to coach a sport at adult, elite level, competitive level. You've got to really know it. It's ins and outs because you have to be able to uh, be able to explain it in design practice. And that's a fundamental uh, at, at, at performance or elite level sport. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, in terms of your own kind of athletic journey, was it just hurling, or did you do any other sports growing up? Yeah,
1: well, we'd normally play. I suppose we played we seriously at a serious enough level. I would have played hurling, you know, and not a serious level, but a serious level of intent, I suppose, is is fair. And then I would have played football a small bit, but that was more, you know, you know, we went down to have a lot of fun there. I suppose that was my way. I looked at it, and I was serious when I was young about my hurling and. uh, that that was yeah they they that was they put a lot of every every sport play, basketball all that, and um, but I suppose hurling was a sport that, I suppose in our own heads when we were young we took seriously, you know that mm. was what we were into.
0: It's interesting. I was um over in Galway. It must have been oh, nearly two years ago now, and it was my first kind of exposure to hurling, and it was uh, right around where Galway were doing pretty well, mm-hmm. and seeing kids running up to the to local club with their their hurling sticks in their hands is something was something I'd not experienced before, so. I mean, I'm aware that is it technically the fastest sport in the world? Hurling?
1: Yeah, I think it's the fastest field sport in the world, and and uh, it's it's uh, as a game to coach. It's um, there is uh, you know I suppose there's many tricks and and shortcuts you need to be able to try and get across to the kids. It's object control, so there's that degree of of of, of technical um, coaching that's required, and you know there is that. Degree of technique that's important uh, to give them the, the capacity from the ground up to access the game at a, at a high level, because I, I just find with object control, we, we've a, a stick a hurdle. There is, uh, there is, it's, it's that bit more coach centric, or maybe not coach centric. I'm sorry there, but it's definitely the coach is a very important role. It's you know there are many skills. I think we have 150 skills or something in our game, and uh, there definitely are. Maybe, maybe not right ways and wrong ways to do it, but they're definitely more efficient ways and more exact ways to make it uh, to make it easier. And I think um, sometimes too, when coaching and coaching parlance, we're probably uh, we're going to the extreme the other way and saying technique isn't important or anything. Now that can be that can be true in, in some sports, but and some ski you know, some skills within sports. But um, you know, there are technical parameters uh, which you know for excellence that. Makes, makes life easier, you know, uh, what do we say, one of our core underpinning uh, values, are we foundation stones is skill, and we say skill gives us options, and options make us adaptable, so that's what, what we go after.
0: Mm. So are there any specific people or experiences that have influenced your coaching style or philosophy along the way, and, and why would that be if you were to, to highlight any specific people or experiences?
1: Yeah, it's 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 for me. It's I couldn't um I couldn't mention one or two or, uh, you know, that that had a profound influence. Um, you know, that that would have been in my, my world. you know Um, but I suppose like, you know, if you're a person that's trying and trying to get better, every little bit of acknowledgement or encouragement you get, or a bit of feedback you get from from, whether it be your peers or whether it be you know parents or whether it be you know people in your club or whatever it's always encouraging so I suppose I would have got a good bit of that and then I was kind of self-driven um I suppose uh, you know and, and self-disciplined to, to to go after it and, and and um to pursue it and then obviously when you get into that kind of uh trying to get better yourself world you get exposed to key opinion leaders and, and thought, thought thinkers and uh yeah, like the likes of John Wooden would have been one that, you know, would have opened up, you know. It's not so much that um, anything that these people are at is different to what you may, might be at, but they just raise your awareness to how important what you're good at or maybe what you're, you need to improve on is. And when you uh, when you become attuned to that, it, it just changes your perspective slightly. And, you, you, you know, you refine... I always say building a coaching and where the expert knows what's not important. So it's about refining more than adding a lot of the time as you, as you go on with it. So yeah, influences through reading, but I suppose a lot of it would be, you know, just a hunger to, to get better and, and to drive it on. And, uh, and then making all your mistakes and finding your level and going to adult and coming back down and being a kids and then going to youth. And eventually it's just that broad experience and that I would have found uh, you know brought me to a place where i'm pretty happy now at the minute i suppose I'm pretty mm. happy, but lo- loads of people helped me on the way like uh, and and that's one thing um i suppose it's 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 like a it's like a coaching lesson for us all you know the the power of of a compliment or the power of a, of a well done or a, a power of noticing good things so you know as as i try to improve as a coach and, and still do you know People noticing or our thanking or complimenting is always great, and um, it's a simple thing. Like we uh, we we we're very ordinary in our team environment. We don't uh, want heroes, or we don't make uh, the ordinary out to be extraordinary at any level. So, and um, just the simple things for me is always is always nice.
0: So, if you had to describe or explain it, what would you say is your kind of purpose, or what what attracts you to to what it is that you do?
1: Um, I, I. I, I I suppose I'm trying to drill down into the truth and uh, I suppose uh, not to be too um, self-righteous maybe I don't know what the right word is I'm trying to teach life lessons through sports that would be where I am now and um, you know the basics of character you know uh, it's interesting because I'm writing a book now at the minute for teenagers in sports so I'm I won't say I'm an expert at, uh, in these areas at the minute, but I'm definitely well read in them and well taught. in them. but the understanding character and the, you know, the personal character qualities and then the performance character qualities, and how them 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 drive, you know, your behaviours, and how your values drive your behaviours and your actions and who you who you want to be as as a as a as a teammate and um, you know all them things that that's really. Um, that's where I am with coaching at the minute, but it's always, uh, for me, it's always, once you pull back a layer, you think, geez, I'm here, and uh, this is it, and next thing, something else comes, and you pull back another layer, but uh, yeah, at the minute, my philosophy would be definitely, uh, you know, teach life lessons through sport, and I suppose, trying to explore the, the expanse of... I don't know, is human qualities too big, but definitely of self through sport and um try and make something that's bigger than winning and losing, that's bigger than we'll say fame or acclaim or anything, just trying to really um solid, ordinary, basic stuff through sport, it, it would be where I am. Um uh, you know, and 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 that they they that kind of presents itself in very ordinary simple things like people saying please and thanks and people saying I enjoyed that after it, so uh, that's really where I get my um where I get my joy and that's where I'm trying to I'm trying to push and, and try and become that coach that can get there. I think with coaching you're never there like it's about becoming and it's refining and uh, you know it's never being you you know it's um, you know I always kind of dream of the days or whatever look forward to being maybe older and wiser and sage-like um, and hopefully it might come someday but definitely at the minute uh it's 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 it's, uh, it's fairly simple stuff I'm into
0: so can you um dig into the carver model for us tell us tell us what each of those kind of letters mean and and how did you come up with that model
1: I don't know how I came up with it is 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 is, is the story um I suppose I do I can't remember how it all came together but I kind of um I kind of pieced it together. You know, some people will have heard this story before, and they'll be sick of hearing it. But others won't, so will it, well, I'll give it. I'll give it uh, as it was. Uh, yeah, I came up with a, I came up with a framework for helping people deal, uh, build a coaching world or pra- practice continuous improvement. And I suppose uh, I centered it around the uh, uh, kind of a phrase or, or a, a quote from Michelangelo about the angel David, and he said, "I." I saw the angel in the stone and I carved until I set him free. And uh, I thought, wow, that's pretty um, interesting, really, philosophy on things. So, you know, the, I'm a teacher by profession. So the, the Latin for teacher is, or for education is educare, which means to draw out. So really coaching and teaching and all these things is about, you know, getting the best out of people or creating a masterpiece out of raw material. So that lended me to a thing like, which was, I I remember my late father, I was trying to ask him, should I make this thing called the Carver framework or the Carver R because I had two more elements, but I think I settled on the Carver framework because it was an acronym for six principles or six, uh, I suppose, six principles. Yeah. That I felt were important and um, which were spelled Carver, obviously connection, awareness, research, values and visions, endorsing and reflection. And, Then I kind of, once I had the framework built, I kind of had to flesh out all the principles and uh, that, uh, you know, I think there was six or eight areas within connection, connection to the player, connecting the team to each other, that socialization of team, connecting the player to the game, that joy for the game, making them students of the game, connecting with your fellow coaches, uh, connecting um, to parents and things like that. And then... There's two elements to awareness. Awareness was, you know, the awareness we're trying to raise in the athlete or the player, uh, which was self-awareness and in-game awareness and of-game awareness. And then uh, the awareness for the coach would have been self-awareness and, um, you know, knowing yourself and uh, knowing your behaviors and uh, qualities of coaching and understanding the holistic nature of coaching. And then they all went research. I won't go through them all, but uh, that that was them. Um, and the framework I actually managed to pull together as I was pulling it together was like, I suppose, a bit like Michelangelo pulling out the Angel David, even though I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but it's my masterpiece. You know, it just becomes, it begins to appear in front of you. And it's quite similar with a player, you know, and you pull out the qualities and the player begins to appear in front of you. You know, work on their athletic development, fine tune or hone their skill, give them the right feedback on their on their mistake response, and and that player, you know, over time will will appear in front of you. And the framework now is is pretty much applicable to all areas of performance, and uh, it's currently actually been rewritten as a book for coaching and industry, uh, the framework, um, which is very interesting for me, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we are. Mm. It's really interesting. I think already that, that
0: what I'm getting from chatting to you is that importance of values that's already come out a few times. And it's interesting um, for me, because I think in my journey, the more, uh, more and more I've been involved with high performers, the more and more I realise that I can write the best program in the world, but I can't make you do it and it's those values that are inherent to you that will drive you will, will, will um, cause you to seek out that autonomy will give you that motivation so the more and more i get interested in that more i guess the psychological element of things because you realize actually you know as much as i can facilitate this there's some things within those individuals that, that are pushing them on so what i guess how did you kind of come to has it been something you've always valued or is it something that's grown over the period of coaching that that yeah. importance
1: of values um i suppose you know and i think the thing on values is there's so many people talking about them you know and uh, and everything and and uh, so by the fact about like it, sometimes that actually devalues it you know um, like values are are, are are you have to read it's action really isn't it it's behaviors and actions and um but we have to quantify it so yeah i suppose i would have um. You know, obviously, we have our own natural inclinations as coaches as we evolve and as we start off. And, you know, you might get a feedback that, you know, oh, you're friendly or the kids like you or, you know, you're a good encourager. And then you you, you start to learn the, the power of that, you know. And once you become aware, so that's that self-awareness piece. And there would have been periods the times in my life where, you know, you could have got strange things like a letter from... A child or, or, or whatever that you coached or teach and you got that feedback you know they love being there or they enjoy it so I suppose that's it, it's having that awareness of what feedback is telling you starts then honing your values to who you want to be and, and and how you want to behave and act and how you want to treat people and then they that, that's, that that values and creates your influence on the environment or the team environment you know If you get them early enough, and if you're believable and trustworthy and skillful enough as a coach to kind of imbue the the team with them values, and they're open enough, and 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 all that, you know, and then I suppose it starts evolving, and you start refining. And I suppose I always say the expert knows what's not important. And for for my coaching, I pull it down into three simple things. You know, I I call it respect, effort, and fun, which spelled REF, which you know corny but it makes sense to me so respect is the cornerstone of everything and um you know it's it's awful easy to talk about it but it's really hard to um to live it all the time you know and some people are, are probably innately you know you know i suppose personality characteristics are more innate or they have that nature in them more and others need to develop it and, and that doesn't make you bad i think you know self-awareness is is really important so Your values evolve, like uh, you know. It's it's so if we can ingrain them young and get them personal. uh, It's interesting because the book I'm writing at the minute, like I'm 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 finding so hard to separate the chapters away from character because character drives everything. Character will drive the way you can apply yourself in practice, the way you are as a teammate, the way you act when there's mistakes, the way you act when there's setbacks. It influences how you apply yourself to your school and everything. So them values you know, basically are your character, you know. So I think the more we expose, and I think a lot of youth aren't exposed to this early enough, and then by the time maybe we try and introduce them to it, the behaviours are set, or else they know it all themselves. So that's why the influence of the coach around values and behaviours from the very, very start is critical and crucial. And and they are the, the platform or the foundation stone for learning for the player. And it's not about being the best, you know. That, you know, sometimes we think, oh, the best player that presents himself at 12 is, is this, that, and the other. But coaching is about giving people the capacity to access their talents long-term. So if we don't give them them or help them, you know, elicit them qualities, well, then we're not really coaching. And they may go on to have a career or they may go on to do good things, but they're never going to be as good as what they could be, you know? And I think, uh, for me, that's a fascinating area at the minute. And our ability to, I suppose, educate and influence the players early on, and that really comes from, you know, working on yourself and your own behaviours and your own example. I remember when I was doing teaching practice, an inspector said to me, um, on a report, she said, example isn't another way to teach. It's the only way. Now, I think she was talking from more a, a kind of a pedagogical approach, you know. But if you transfer that kind of concept into example, it's like, what example are you setting every day over the expanse of time? And I think one one thing that's maybe for me, I, I'm honing all the time is how we treat the weaker in the, in the environment. Because... You know, I, I always say, you know, a society isn't really measured on, on how it treats the strong. It's measured on how it treats the, the, the weaker. So I, I think that's a great example for any coach to, 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 to really love and mind the weak. It's easy to love the good lads, you know. It's, that's, that's easy. And it's easy to coach them and it's easy to take the, the credit for when they put the ball over the bar in your own little world if that's where you want to live. But how we treat the, the weaker. And I think it's interesting because I think a player with talent, that grows up in an environment where, where they learn that everybody's respected, everybody. It's not talent. We acknowledge effort and that's where we're at. And that's the way you gain respect in this environment. Well, I think a player that has exceptional talent that grows up in that, um, environment will definitely, um, you know, it'll definitely give them the capacity to access the game at the highest level long-term. And if they don't have that, and if they go into what I call ABC, anger, blame, and complain of defeat, um, ABC and D, uh, their talent will never be exposed. we will never be able to draw it out because the foundation of the character are qualities and obviously there 's only so much we can influence you know this home this this peer groups this everything um, but definitely do they reckon is it seventy percent of behaviors environment or something so it 's all that environment and uh, yeah that's that 's the weird and wonderful world of, of values no
0: i 'd lo- love everything you just said. I think it 's like bang on and, and really um so much to talk about but I, one of the things you, you mentioned earlier that i'd like to kind of pull on that thread a little bit more is you talked about quantifying it mm-hmm. so I, I know often you know people there's kind of throwaway lines isn't there better people make better all blacks all that kind of stuff and we talk about these high performance environments where values are important and can often seem very fluffy and kind of esoteric so when you talk about quantifying it what's that process look like and, and how do you quantify something like respect or hard work how do you do that
1: i'm not i'm not so sure you can uh, quantify yeah but i think it's it it, it it it's it's obvious it's it's obvious if you know what you're looking for um, and i think it becomes um a way of doing things and again i'm really um you know, I think uh, I have to we have to use words when you explain but humility, just down to earth we have a, a, a basic thing called down to earthiness. We play sport, this is an ordinary thing, it makes us no better or worse than anybody else. And I think that glorification or that hero worship of sport or, you know, people I'm not too um not too into that. Um I, because I think if we ingrain that in, in young people, well, their self-identity or that athletic identity becomes who they are and that's in turn is, 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 is self-limiting. So we would really uh, talk about down-to-earthness a lot, ordinary stuff, um, basic stuff, use colloquial language as much as we can and, and just um, hello, goodbye and thanks and how we um, express ourselves, you know um how we express ourselves to each other. And, you know, there's routines and rituals and all that. And sometimes that can be fanfare, but, you know, uh, how do we quantify it? If you know what you're looking for, you know, if it's there or not there. And then, as I always say, because sometimes, you know, the group dynamic changes and new people come and an age group might be merged and the group dynamic will change there again and it might regress, you know. And, and and it could be diluted, and then it's about building it back up again, it's never about thinking you're perfect, or thinking we have it down, or, or whatever, you know, these are all standards what we're trying to set ourselves, and sometimes we won't live to that standard, and if we don't, well, that's fine, because we make mistakes, and mistake response would be one of our principles, and we saw, you know, see. and truth seekers is, is another one, so all oh, seeking that truth, and if we're not who we you know, if we disrespect or or whatever, that's okay, that's part of it. Just, you know, diagnose it, I suppose, and prescribe a solution. And it's just that constant striving to to, to enjoy it more, to get more to what it's about. Um, you know, good people trying their best. That's that's what I wanna be at. And it's very ordinary, you see. It, it, and sometimes when we talk about it in retrospect or we hear whatever team's talking about it, it glamorises it or makes it sound extraordinary. Uh, The ordinary is extraordinary, you know, when we look at it like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, and you could have an under-12, under-14 team who could be high-performing in all their behaviours. And you could have a Premier League team who are very, you know, know, uh, not, if that's the awkward way of saying it so yeah that's I don't know how to answer your question but um, it's knowing who you are what you're about and trying to reflect on, on what's the most important thing so again we try we, I suppose going back to you to quantify we have um, we have five key skills five skills we want to do well in our game we have seven principles of play that help us play as a, as a team and then we have 15 foundation stones of team and that's as simple or as complicated as we make it. Some people will see them all and say, Jesus, is an awful lot in that. But that is it in a nutshell. And uh, I think in Ireland, we used to have a, a leader. Uh, he was the Taoiseach of the country. His name was Albert Reynolds. And he said, give it to me on an A4 page. And uh, that's all he wanted. So we kind of would have it down to that. But in all that, it's, it's jam-packed.
0: Mm. it's interesting because you you said obviously it's kind of difficult to quantify but then actually you've obviously managed to quantify it because you've put you know put words down on paper like you say and I think maybe that's where the disconnect can ha- can happen with some coaches is they talk about respect but what it, you know when I'm saying respect and what you're hearing could be two different things but actually respect is the way we speak to each other or it's the behavior of turning up on time or you know having your having your equipment prepared so you've obviously gone to the through the effort of putting things down on paper to agree and collaborate with your players,
1: yeah, and and I suppose collaboration. So like with with our lads, you know, and and sometimes we we elicit we elicit uh, with our lads last year. It was it was more of a you draw it out of them, and and then this year we, it, it was it's more um direct direction from me, I suppose, really, because I think we need to take it to the to the next level, and and sometimes in leadership, you know, you need to provide that acumen, or if you have read wider or anything. You know, you need to stimulate that thought. And I'm just pulling out a document here. Ours, our foundation stones, unity is the first one, respect and love, and then it's effort, fun, and joy is for preparation, skill, athleticism, lifestyle, relent- relentlessness. And these are all words that we use in our environment and no excuses, no entitlement, body language, competitiveness, inquisitiveness. But Everybody is using them, but I think when you commit to paper and then you commit to knowing when it's happening, being able to see it and being able to see when it's not, well, that allows your feedback loop, you know. Um, You know, that allows you acknowledge things. Um, So, yeah, and I think it's the ultimate form of simplicity, being able to get it onto a page, but that's quite complex. And I suppose I've been 10 years bringing it down longer sorry just god forgive me 20 years i think bringing it down to that um to that um thing and then ultimately some days we live it and other days we don't and um you know it's about knowing when you're not living it and um and being you know uh self-aware enough to to say yeah uh, we're not going to self-preserve here we're going to call it what it is call the behavior what it is and um, but you know, it's been a long journey to, to try and get to that place, and it continues all the time. It's mm. never ending.
0: Yeah. yeah, it never is. I, I really like what you said there again. And just, I think being able to have things down on paper means you, you kind of have, can agree a common language, but also you've then got a reference point to go, hang on, we agreed that respect was X. You, you're not doing that, so therefore we need to come back to baseline and back to what we, you know, this is what we're about. We're drifting away from that. But I think a lot of coaches maybe don't go through that thought process of putting something down on paper, agree with yeah. their players, to say this is what we're about.
1: And I think, you know, and, and, and it's, all, it's, it's good, but it, you know, just to refine the point you're making, to understand change, to understand the non-linearity of human performance within that. So we're not going to show respect every day, you know, and it's, it doesn't make you a bad person when you, when you don't. Or if you have a certain, if you've learned certain behaviors, and we, like, so mistake response, we say recover like an animal bounce, the game is played in your feet, right? So that's our thing, uh, you know, and I would say no teenager have <laughs> body language, right? But yet I have a couple of players who really struggle with that, right? So, the, and it's all about having a dialogue around that struggle, and saying, you know, I know you're going to continue making these mistakes, but we'll get you a little better all the time. And uh, that's sometimes, I think, when we have all these words and, and everything, and when we're not living them, it becomes like a conflict. These are more a guide, you know. These are more a guide to, you know, it's who we want to be. And um, we're not going to use it as a stick to beat us. Now, sometimes there will be when you know the players are, have that capacity and they're not living up to who they should be. But others are on a different part. And I think that's a different part. And I think that's really interest, or for me in developmental coaching is to understand where the player is on their developmental path or whatever you want to call it and to work with them from that point. Obviously, we all have, you know, I think coaching that the individual is, is, is so important there whether to be technical or physical qualities or else just performance character qualities, whatever, to, to help them individually and not say, well, this guy is brilliant. Uh, you know, shows great respect and the other guy doesn't. So he's a bad person. It's just getting them to improve them areas. And, um, you know, I suppose we might even come to coaching the individual now because that's really what coaching is to me now. Um, at the start, it would have been, you know, generic feedback for everybody, and um, it would have been, you know, uh, you know, very non nothing specific. So now that I, I suppose, as, as I evolve as a coach, it's very much um, as individual as I can make it, um, and then obviously the collective stuff is very principle based, and it's just clear feedback loops. But as a guy as the individual, it's just. A phrase I would have came across and the friend introduced me to it, the Connor coach. He talks about weapons and work-ons. So weapons are what are you good at if you have speed or pace or whatever. Be really good at that, be the best at that and work-ons then is, is what you're working on. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, you have your weapons and you have your work-ons and being able to know each player so that you know what they're working on and they know, and then you have a common, I suppose um, meeting point or you have a common feedback point. That's improving. That's not improving. Before we were talking earlier, you're striking. I know what they're working on. And uh, again, we have only five key skills we work on. So the language becomes very consistent uh, around the skills. So then we can have an articulate conversation because we respond to things. We're not reacting to them. And and we know our key coaching points and our cues around these little things. And so... Yeah, it's about consistency and simplicity and, and re- repetition, but uh, it's 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 a hard place to get to because you have to get away, rid of everything else. Yeah, that's really. feel no, really, really
0: really like I'm really
1: rambling today, but, uh, no, I, it's I've good. Been, I've been cooked up in out for a while, so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, I really like the trajectory we're going on. Um, so so what was it that sparked your initial interest in? In developing other coaches, so rather than just using all that time and effort on making yourself a better coach and, and the individuals you're working with, what, what was it that spurred you into action to think, do you know what, actually, I, I do a wider uh, people. I, do,
1: um, I definitely do. A buddy of mine um, asked me to go down and help coaches in his club, and it was as simple as that. Um, uh, I, I probably won't mention him because he he <laughs> he likes to stay under the radar. But he just said, "Will you come down and talk to our underage coaches?" And I said. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, um, I didn't know such a thing existed. I, didn't, I had never thought of this coach development. I had never even uh, thought about it, really. It's, it's as simple as I can make it. So I landed down with random usings and um, my own philosophies and, and a lot of words, you know, uh, uh, but not, not a means to convey them and not a, a frame or not a logical pattern to them. That could explain things. And I soon realized that we rubbish at it. Uh, so I actually from that point really then started writing a book. And the book took me about four years because I, I knew I couldn't explain it clearly enough to the people on the ground um that I knew would have huge influence. Uh, I I knew that um they couldn't see they couldn't see it broadly enough. You know, or to use maybe a kind of a, an example or whatever you want to call these things, the the world was flat to them, so they they thought if they got the next trailers or whatever, that would be it would be sorted. So I knew that to help people, I had to show them. You know, again the analogy, I had to show them or, or teach them that the world was round. And then when I got them that perspective, then you know, and that was that's that's a hard thing to do. So, and it's a hard thing to do in an hour. Mm-hmm. So eventually, then I, I just said, "Look, at it. I would I would start writing a book on it," and then that evolved and evolved and evolved, and then the framework came. So now the framework is what I use to explain coaching to people. And uh, you know, the more I do it, the more I refine it, and the simpler I make it, and the more practical and common sense. Uh, you know, I, I have I've this. makes since I have four words in block capitals in the book. And they are, does this make sense? So um, look, at it all it should make very, very common sense. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it means it's simple. And uh, I always say, you know, the smartest man in the world ever was um, can't even Einstein. And he said, you must make everything as simple as possible, but no simpler. But I understand that the smartest people will compliment you by saying, you made that very simple. But then people that aren't so smart might say to you well that is very simple and uh, you know it's a world away really than two people uh, so that's what I was at so that coach development and I suppose it, it just evolved from there uh, it evolved from there to you know individual I would do some individual mentorship things and then I would work with clubs around kind of um building a, a coaching pathway I think a player pathway is a phrase that's really been you know ingrained in, in the language, but I see it more as a coaching pathway, because uh, the coach will build a pathway for the player, and so uh, I think that thing comes first, and then it can mean working in the background with managements uh, around reflection, around around auditing their performance, uh, and it can mean it can mean coaching talks, it can mean uh, loads of things, the It's a very broad world, uh, coaching and performance, and to get into it, and there are a load of uh, little things you end up doing that are interesting and lead to other things. And uh, yeah, that's where it is.
0: You've just made my day with that quote. That's one of my favorite ones. Um, And I think you're absolutely spot on that actually, and and this is completely my experience as well, the higher up you go with really, really good coaches, um, the more you realize they're very clear and very simple with what they're asking people to do. It's, the task itself might not be simple, but the process or the principle is very clear and very simple. And someone might look at that and go, "Well, that's, I could say that." And it's like, "Yeah, but it's taken them ten years to get rid of everything else that's irrelevant to focus on. Here's the principle around the breakdown, or here's yeah. you know the key things in your tackle. Don't worry about the other ten points because you get these three things, everything else will happen."
1: Yeah, oh. yeah. and I, 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 the analogy, I suppose, and going back to my Carver analogy about coaching being a craft, well. You know, a craftsman needs tools and he needs skills. And the better the tools he has, or the more appropriate the tools he has, and the more skilled he is, the easier it looks. So, you know, my dad was a carpenter. So if he came in to hang a door, um, he would have his tools and he would make it look very, very simple. I could have his tools and it would be very unsimple looking when I would go swinging and knocking and, and, and everything. So that craft of coaching uh, is that's 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 really it. It's just making the most important thing the most important thing and making complex look simple and the better the coach the the less the words probably the simpler the words, the more meaningful the words and the the easier or the more simpler they can explain complex things and um, articulation is really important because. As a coach we we have what's in our head, but can we can can we articulate it? And that's why command of the language uh, and, and phraseology and and that is is really important. Catch phrases, maxims, all them things. And uh I, one of my areas of interest is how we articulate things and how we um uh, how we feed them back and everything we're seeing in coaching is they've heard this a thousand, tens, thousands. Hundreds of thousands of times before, but if you can say it in the right way at the right time, then it's like, wow, I've heard it for the first time ever. Uh, it's like, you know, as you grow up, you hear all your lessons from your parents and all the thing, but one day you actually go, wow, that you know, there is truth to this, so... That craft of coaching and even coach development, how we articulate it is really important. So, um, yeah, that's an really interesting. The expert knows what's not important. They cut the root, they refine. They make the most, the, thing, the most important thing the most important thing. And there is a lifetime involved in that. There is a lifetime. It's like it's easy to write, but it's hard to write something of meaning. Because it's about ripping it all apart from the start. You you put it all down, and then you rip it apart. It's so how you put it together, and uh, that's that's really coaching. You spend so long learning it, and then it's how you put it together. Really, that makes it so simple. But it's it's uh, it's never ending, really, man. You know. So they say, what is it? Um, the mastery is in the process of how you how you do that.
0: Hmm. You know? So obviously, mentioning that that coaching craft kind of leads me nice onto the, onto the next question. What do you think of the particular kind of coaching skills um, that people need to be able to develop that craft with their with their athletes?
1: Okay, I think you need to be en- to be able to energize people. You know, I think leadership. You know, is is there there is a certain element of leader of of uh, inspiration to leaders. Energizing the group, bringing that sense of belief is an important one I I think and you know being that light and showing that way Uh, and then the next things we need we need to be very good interpersonally you know you need to be able to help people see their flaws and their strengths and um, you need to be able to create an environment where I know it's a word that we're all using now but for the psychological safety so people are safe to, to be who they are they're safe to express themselves, safe to make, make mistakes. And then I think from a coaching perspective, you need to be able to, um, to articulate the game, the principles of team play, to, to, to know the key coaching points of, of the skills so that your feedback loop is clear and consistent and there's repetition in the feedback. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, they're, they're the skills I think are good. So to energize interpersonal to lead by example and then to coach the game itself you know there's a famous saying there i don't know is it famous but it's a saying you know to teach latin to johnny you've got to know johnny and you have to know latin so um that that kind of a thing i think a real element of coaching is to make them students of the game so to do that you got to you got to know the game and, you know you've got to search high and low for, for that knowledge you know and uh yeah, they're the qualities of a good coach. But again, that could be a head coach or a lead coach, right? But then there's so many roles in a coaching team. And we might get into this because I think this is really important. To to, to access the skill set of the, of the coaching team is really important. Like, you know, you might have, you know, a guy who could have played himself, but he might want to lead the sessions. But can you get him as a as a one-to-one coach? Or can you get him as a you know a player development coach or whatever? Uh, that's really important. How to utilize expertise. So like in 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 um, my little coaching team now, I would probably run the sessions, and the guys going and out in every five minutes to get five minutes one to one every session. We would have two of the two of my two of my lads, coaching wise, would do one to one coaching most days, and they they were players, pretty good players themselves, and. You know, they might want to lead the group. They might have time to think about everything or to, you know, you know, whatever, and they're well able to do, it, but it's this role suits them really well and they get great satisfaction out of it, you know, like head coach or whatever league coach can be daunting enough sometimes, you know, so for me, the coaching team is vital. and getting a lot of people with good skill sets around it. Like if we can put a safe training is for an hour, or whatever, if we can, Bring out a player to a kind fella, or lady, or whoever for five or five minutes in the session. Ask him how are you getting on. What are you struggling with? Can I help you? And I keep an eye on you. well That's magic. It's a lot better than an hour of me generically hustling the team on. And you know, you know. So there, there. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's really good.
1: Yeah, random, but everything is random enough sometimes.
0: I think um, it's interesting kind of mentioning that around different roles, but also what you've mentioned previously around finding your kind of not your niche, if you like, but the optimal area to coach. And I think a lot of people, there's just this kind of, um, I don't know, expected chain that, you know, if you're an assistant coach, then you obviously want to become a first coach. And if you're the first coach, you obviously want to then get to the seniors. And it's this um, kind of like an ascending model, whereas actually, there's not a lot of people who go, do you know what? I found my niche. My niche is 16s and that's where I know my skill set is. I'm going to get the most out of, of my athletes. If I go to a senior level, actually I'm not, or even vice versa. Like you say, actually, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not great at being a head coach, but I'm really good at being an assistant coach or being, you know, a specialist unit coach or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, a lot of this coaching we're getting into now is new, you know, and, 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 uh, it, it's kind of a new profession if you want to call it that and I think that we, it'll find its way in time. The career coach at 14, 16 will begin, you know, I suppose the soccer and, and uh, that are a bit further ahead in it would, would have that already, the football and that. But um, I think it's going to come, yeah. And um, I think it's really important because they're specialised areas and I think you need to, you need to gain that specialism in them. And yeah, it's a, uh, I suppose knowing your strengths is important, like, you know, and controlling the ego. Again, you know, these are all phrases we use all the time, but some people are just, you know, they're being driven by association. You know, they want to be associated. They want the nice gear or whatever. And and it doesn't make them bad people. It's just their self-awareness is probably low, you know, and they want to be seen on the big day or wherever. And that's, that's fine. Like that, 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 that there's, 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 there's nothing. But I think to gain, you know, to survive and thrive in coaching long term, you know, you have to, it, it can't be about that. Um, I, I don't think it can be. You know, there's definitely periods where you'd enjoy that maybe, but, um, you know, I think knowing who you are and knowing what you're about, and that comes with, you know, that, that takes a while, but, uh, you know, if you stay digging deep enough and reflecting deep enough, you, you'll get there. And, uh, I do think what you will see is a lot of guys going down to academy levels, a lot of that. And, uh, you know, there are high-performing under-eight coaches. There are high-performing under-six coaches. And I always say, just because you might be with a high-performing team or you might be an, with an elite team, it doesn't necessarily make you an elite coach. And um, You know, there are elite coaches uh, in every corner of the country with seven yards. Mm-hmm. And they are they are they are amazing at what they do and they probably don't know it, <laughs> you know. Mm. Uh, so from my experience, you know with adult coaching is is, a, is, is, quite, more, is quite more stressful and everything and I think you need to be a certain type to survive and thrive in that. You probably need to, yeah, there's certain qualities that are needed. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. I think what you said is absolutely spot on. Um, I can't remember who I was chatting to, but they're basically saying, you know, I don't judge a coach by the level they're coaching at. I judge them on where they, the group they're working with, where they can take that individual group. So, you know, as you say, under nines coach, there's no reason why he couldn't be a world-class under nines coach, just, you know, as the seniors coach would. It's not, um, a friend of mine, Jared Deacon said, you know, no one expects a primary te- teacher, you know, and says, well, when are you going to coach high school? Or, mm-hmm. or teach high school and no one says to a high school teacher well, when you're yeah. going to teach university <laughs> and a sure. university when you're going to teach postgraduate it's like mm-hmm. no this is a specialist skill set teaching five-year-olds is different to teaching 15 year olds is different to teaching 25 year olds and it's recognized in academia but it's not necessarily recognized in coaching yet but i think you're right it's going to start i think out.
1: it'll come yeah it will it will that's because it's a kind of a new profession and uh that's that's a really good analogy there i like that a lot Mm. Well, I can't take credit. Well, I started when, are you, <laughs> when, are, when are you going to grow up and be a real teacher? Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. So what, I mean, besides your, your original book, which you, we feel free to, to promote, what resources would you recommend to, to those who are coaching and want to improve their coaching craft?
1: Oh, I, 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 I struggle with this one because there's so much out there. It's, it's um, and I'm sure anyone who's uncovered this podcast will have uncovered a lot more and everything. So you know, I don't know. I, like, I always like to give alternatives. Like, I, I think anything where you're, um, anything around leadership or history or, you know, books like that. um Almost, I don't know what you call them, self-help books. I don't know, because it's about self-mastery coaching, really. So I had to do this for another one there. I, I The Alchemist is a book that's by Paulo Coelho. is a book about... A man's journey, and uh, all that he comes across on his journey while he's looking to get to his fortune or find his whatever. But when he gets there, he finds out that it was where he started off. So I like that story. Stories are interesting. I think man's search for meaning is um, by victor Frankl is a good book on um, you know understanding meaning and purpose and how that can drive or, or sustain your effort. Um and uh you, you know, all your biographies of, 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 of these coaches and you know, anything on Wooden is is, is definitely is definitely worthwhile because uh, he articulates things really, really well. And um yeah, there's loads of podcasts there. Um yeah, there's, there's there's loads of stuff, but I'm sure anyone who's listening to this will have will have come across lots of them so far, so um, Anything around history, anything around leadership, yeah, anything around that helps you become more self aware you know, is good for me. And yeah, mm. no, definitely,
0: I could recommend. I mean, those books you've mentioned, Man's Search for Meaning and, and The Alchemist, I read those, and yeah, definitely great books to to read if you can keep widely.
1: Probably, I think that uh, maybe this has become popular. Rereading good books, you know, I think we have this search for more knowledge, and you know, I think. I always say, do you know what you know, you know, so, um, you know, reread a book, and I'm actually rereading a, a, a book at the minute I started this morning, so, yeah, um yeah, and rereading, that's that's kind of it, you know, you, you'll get there, you'll get there, but I suppose, I go back to my phrase that I use, building a coaching world, you know, I remember when, when I was coaching, I was reading loads of books at the start. And a fella turned to me and said, stop reading books and write your own. And I actually eventually did. But, uh, you know, it's not a bad, it's not a bad idea, you know, and clarity. And that's ultimately why I wrote my book. It wasn't a book of information. It was a book of a lot of questions. You know, our ability to ask ourselves questions and to elicit answers and to work from there is really important. So, you know, it's not an accumulation of more knowledge and more it's, it's It's using what you know. And that's um, that's what I tried to come at with 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 the book I wrote. Really, um, was to help people get clarity and consistency and consistency and meaning in their coaching. Now, obviously, there is information because there's things we need to know, um, but a lot of it we need it all. We know it already. And I always say, then let your work be, you know, be a product of your own conclusions. Don't be copying anybody else, or you know. Um, and that leads us to you know, the, the popular words we we, we get, like authenticity and, and that. But yeah, if you have that clarity, of, which is comes from a lot of questions and, and a bit of self-discipline, but uh, yeah, that's
0: mm. it. So you've obviously mentioned your book, The Carver Framework. Where can people pick up a copy?
1: Oh, yeah, the best way you can get it online there, it's a website there, Carver Coaching Framework, and I've Twitter. Carver underscore coaching. That's that's probably the best place to get it. Um at the minute. I think it's down off Amazon at the minute. I think they're doing something with it. So Carver Coaching Framework uh is is, is the place to get it. And you get me there on Twitter. And uh yeah, it'll be great. Thank you.
0: And when's when's the new one due out or is it, you're not sure yet?
1: I'm hoping it's gonna be out in October, November. I'm writing a book for teenagers in sport. Uh and it's very interesting at the minute because you know what uh I'm deep in it, uh, and I'm finding it really interesting. I'm really enjoying it, Um, which is is just because the first one was torture, and this one I think I've a bit more time. So, yeah, I'm trying to write a guide or, or to getting the best out of sport, mm-hmm. uh, through getting the best out of yourself in sport, and I have a lot of people contributing. Um, you know some of the professionals and academics, you know, around athletic development and skill acquisition and analysis and nutrition and physical maturation and stories. So it's it's an inspiration, it's an information inspiration, and then I'm dovetailing them with with stories from players and coaches, uh, you know, who might have a profile or a story to tell. So that's coming together nicely. I'm I'm enjoying that and I'm I'm, I'm excited about that because. Um, you know, if we can give people the ability to certain level, especially at teenage years, to self-coach or to, to self-reflect, you know, even my own, the guys that I'm coaching, like I'm, I'm you know, I suppose in the last really month, really hard at the book every day. Uh, and, and I've been playing around for about a year, but I'm just even thinking like I've had lads, I'm coaching myself for two and a half years. And I haven't got to this level with them yet that I know the book will bring. So, so you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's it's an exciting mm. exciting thing and uh the things with writing or anything any form of, of of thing it's just stay crawling stay crawling get to you get to a bend in the road and you think that's it and it's enough and then there's another big you know and it's it's just that ability to endure and, and to refine and that's the same you know i am in a room with loads of quotes and uh I don't know if that's written here, but victory will go to those who can in, endure the most, not to those who can inf, inflict the most. And uh, there is another one. The great, the, the first quality of the soldier is, I can't see it here now, it's constancy and endurance. It says courage is only the second. Um, poverty, privation and want are the schools of the great soldier. I think that's Napoleon. So yeah, the same principles of sport, writing, anything where there's anything. It's just Stay at it. Find meaning. Find purpose. Self-discipline, and learn as you go. Try and surround yourself with good people, and and, and don't take yourself too seriously. Um, Brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's really great. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Paul. Um, best of luck with the new book. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd like to ask you to do two simple things. First, if you could leave us a review on your chosen podcast player, and second, if you could share or send this link to another grassroots coach. Those two things will help us spread the word about the podcast and grow our community.